People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Wrestling fans, and welcome to another episode of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. I'm Matt, alongside Joe. What up? And we have just two weeks left in 2018. Jesus. It's, it's flown by. And uh, obviously, we, uh, we've been doing this for... You and I have been doing this for over a year now. Yeah. And it's been almost a year since you guys have been listening to us. Thank you so much for all the support throughout thank the year. Thank you, thank you. Uh, since we're, we're two weeks out, or two weeks, two weeks left, I figured what better way than to discuss an entire year's worth of wrestling. And 2018 is, is almost in the books, and, and here we are during the holiday season, and it, it, it seems so surreal because you and I, leading up into this episode, we were watching some matches that... We haven't seen yet. Yeah, we're catching up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, we we saw we saw Ray Phoenix versus Kenny Omega. Awesome match. Awesome match out of Northeast Wrestling. Absolutely, and the match from uh, Over the Top Wrestling based on Ireland between Walter and Will Osprey, and and my God, that what a match that was. That was that was a barn burner if there ever was one, man. Jesus. Oh my God. So, yeah, man, like, 2018, such a great year for professional wrestling. You and I have talked about this since we, you and I started re- doing recordings. And professional wrestling is in a second golden era. Yeah. It's, it's back. And it's booming, baby. And, and you know what? And I know a lot of old-timers don't like when, especially when a guy my age, yeah, and no offense to you by any means, <laughs> but when he, you know when a guy my age says something like that because it's like, oh, we don't, we, I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm part of that too because I, it's like, it's like I get shunned from from both sides. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a, a child of the '80s, and so apparently I'm too young to appreciate all the old school stuff like they think it should be appreciated right and i'm also too old to understand all the new stuff apparently to some of these young wrestling fans so i get it from both ends the worst man. Of both worlds, i'm man. telling you man <laughs> yeah you know it's it's one of those things that you hear from a lot of old school wrestling fans when i say stuff like that it's again you don't know what you're talking about this is not it's nothing like that you know what and dare I say it, I say maybe, just maybe, because of where we're at in technology nowadays, it's slightly better. Because you have wrestling at your fingertips. And I understand back in my day we had this, 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 and didn't have this. But just think about it. If you had NWA and AWA and you know All-Star Wrestling and, and World Class and all that at your fingertips. What if they all had streaming services? What if... I, I never would have left the house. You know what I mean? I never so, would have went outside. You know what, though? I, I probably never would have gotten in trouble. There you go. <laughs> Wrestling could have saved my could've life. Could have saved your life. I think you're doing all right now, but, you know, <laughs> I, I know what you mean. But, like, that's that's what we're, that's what I mean by that. I mean, I could watch 
Japanese wrestling live if I wanted to get up early enough or stay up late enough and watch it live in Japan. Yeah. Growing up, for me, I didn't know anything about Japan because most people didn't have tapes right. from Japanese wrestling. It just didn't exist out here. You know, uh, independent wrestling. We watched Northeast Wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's that's not a, a regional wrestling company that has their own... It's on TV. That's a very small... Small company. I mean, they had a, a fucking U-Haul truck. As the ramp, yeah. The ramp, yeah. I, I, I asked, like, that was like a U-Haul truck. I didn't even finish it. That <laughs> sentence, you're like, it is. And it I was is. like, holy shit. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's how small of a, of, a, of, a, of a company this is. And I'm able to watch via YouTube. And apparently they were live on High, uh, high Spots. Mm-hmm. Which is a streaming service for wrestling, and there you go. It's wrestling at your fingertips. PCW Ultra, based out of California. How does a guy from the Midwest get a hold of that? Well, the internet. Yeah. So, the same rule would have applied during the original Golden Age of Wrestling, if that existed. So, don't don't be mad at us, yeah, because it exists man, today. Exactly. Don't be mad at us. And you know what? I when I when I started watching wrestling, I had access to multiple promotions, and I watched them all. Yeah, believe me, there was times where it'd be the dead of summer, and my friends wanted to go outside and play, and I was too busy watching a you know a grudge match on TV Saturday nights. Like I'd rather do this than go outside. Yeah, like sometimes I had to be drug outside. <laughs> like get your ass outside and go play. But, but fucking wrestling's on. I love wrestling. And it's 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 at your fingertips now, whether you are old school, whether you are a WWE mark. Who we, you and I have encountered our problems with them throughout the years. I've lost hair because of that, <laughs> man, and not in the good like match versus uh, hair versus hair match kind of way. Yeah, it's 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 been a rough year for that, and uh, because that's another fan base that just doesn't get it. They don't. They refuse to get it because again, brainwashed. They're not. They're not selling out bigger arenas not that WWE selling out anymore either but they're not doing big arenas and their production level is not on WWE's part a mark and I, you know what all those arguments I can see whether we like it or not sure. I can see sure. there, there's there's a little bit of a a platform to stand on I got you the one I don't get and I never will is you have awesome talent in the ring at an independent show who has not been signed by the WWE they they'll sit and mock like oh he's you know he's part of this outlaw mud show or or however you want to yeah minor leaguers yeah minor leaguers yeah and then the moment they that person gets signed to the WWE it's they're the greatest fucking thing known to man like Samoa Joe and you're like wait a minute you, you know his indie shows you were talking shit about him but now he's like super uh-huh. fucking awesome. I don't get that. I don't get that one bit, man. I never will. And and I think that's my biggest gripe with all the WWE marks. I agree with that. Uh, going back to the the whole production and, and things of that nature, I, I, I call bullshit on that too, though, because the same thing that I apply with WWE. You, you know, WWE, they're a sports entertainment. They're an entertainment company. But yet they still have a twenty by twenty ring, mm-hmm. so therefore you're a wrestling company. So 
if you're an entertainment company, then I said this before, take away that ring. Don't do don't have a ring. <laughs> if you want if you're if you're just entertainment, then what the fuck are you doing inside of a twenty by twenty ring? <laughs> oh, you're wrestling. So what matters then is what happens inside that ring. So the same thing as you were saying, to piggyback off that a little bit, you have top tier talent that signs with WWE, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, you know, Brian Danielson. And then they, they go to they go to WWE and very rarely do they put on five star matches? Yeah. When they were putting on five star matches almost every single match in the minor leagues, but they come to WWE and they have these snooze fests <laughs> for the most part. They're not they're not all bad, but or or or, or have consistent three star matches. Yeah. Because that's the, that's that's good. That's good. Three stars is good. No, three stars is passing. It's like it's like going home and bragging about a C. Like, hey, yeah. <laughs> You did good enough, you know. You, you're not you're not failing, nor are you on that borderline. But you're just you're just average. That's all you are. You know. Sorry to all the kids that are C average, but <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> but uh, but that's that's the argument that I had. They they are not. I don't know if it's if it's they don't see it or if they are almost intimidated by. The fact that there's this other wrestling group out there, other other wrestling groups out there that are taking viewership away from WWE. And not to the fact that WWE is going to go out of business, because I always get that. Oh, they're not going to go out of business anytime soon or ever. I'm not arguing that point, you know, in 2018 or 2019. But what I'm saying is the viewership, you look at Raw in November... Some of the lowest ratings they put out in almost Hor- ten years. Yeah, horrible, horrible shit. And that's the point. It's not wrestling. Is not viewership's not going going down. It's WWE. So obviously they're losing viewers, and whether those viewers are going elsewhere is not the point. But the other other companies like New Japan, like Ring of Honor, they're getting more and more and more and more attention, and that's kind of adds to my whole point of golden age of wrestling where for a while it was it was a monopoly where you had WCW in, in the 90s and in, in 2000s I guess you want to call it that <laughs> <laughs> and and that was it those those are your options now you have I mean you have I, you, you, I, I don't I ran out of fingers and toes I don't have enough Neither do and, I. And you and I are going to go through. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, you're definitely at a you know, less of an advantage there. See, so you and I are going to go through 2018, and we're going to talk about the best and worst of 2018. But I have to throw this out there. I just the reason why I started the show this way. It is not possible for us to have watched everything. So there might be some things out there that we miss. We don't apologize for it. No, but, I'm but, not apologizing. But hey, if we did, call us out on it and say, hey, maybe you need to go back and watch this. Please, I am and, always <laughs> up for recommendations, good, bad, or ugly. Like, hey, yeah, absolutely, and that's why I need to get it out there. Yeah, please. So that's that is that is uh, that is the only time I'm going to say it. <laughs> this is it is not humanly possible. Now, you and I, you and I love doing this podcast. Absolutely. You know, I look forward to recording every single week. Absolutely. And 
it's it's almost become like a job, but a job that I like. It, it, it very much has become a job. And all, all, even with that being said, you and I have jobs outside of this, mm-hmm. and I got you know we got to dedicate ourselves to that. We have families, we have other interests that we like to do. As much as we love wrestling, there's times where I'll take a week or two and just not watch it, and then play catch up later. And again, there's things where you gotta like, okay, I gotta skip this, I gotta skip that. Because it's just, it's not possible. Because, again, it's the golden age of wrestling. There's so much out there. There's so much out there. So just because we didn't get to it doesn't mean that you didn't. So that is it. That is the only time it's being said. We're going to move forward, and we're going to talk about the year that was 2018. And I, I want to start with some of our favorite events. And I want to start with this because in a unreleased episode <laughs> I made I made a pretty bold statement he did he did we, we still have the audio somewhere yeah we have I the promise. audio somewhere and uh, and, and maybe maybe it'll get released uh, to, to kind of show uh, yeah balls that I had <laughs> to say this 2018 was for you and I was predicted to be a, a pretty big year for wrestling however I did say that there was going to be one show that no matter what happened Nothing was going to touch. Nothing. No. No WrestleMania. Nothing. Impact Wrestling did. Nothing. Ring of Honor did, or any, or any show, including the company that put the show on, and that went all the way back to January fourth in the Tokyo Dome for a little event called Wrestle Kingdom. You might have heard of it. <laughs> and I said, Wrestle Kingdom. Nothing is going to touch that show. You know, and I got to ask you. Just right off the bat, before we talk about any other event, sure. Wrestle Kingdom, where does that fit in your top top shows? I gotta say, when you first said that, I I, I, I really looked at you cockeyed, like, you know we're in January, right? <laughs> like, we've got a whole fucking 12 months of this shit to go through. How can you say that? And to an extent, I, I can see where you're coming from because, I mean, you know your shit. You, you know what good wrestling is. You know what good wrestling should be. And it, it isn't like you were the only one watching that show. Right. Obviously, I watched the show. Yeah. And it it is definitely one of those, like, card of cards. Yeah. And at the end of it, I was, I was, so, I was so smitten and so awestruck at the same time. Like, the, if, if this sets the tone for the rest of the year, I am completely okay with it. But... Will something surpass it? That was the excitement for me the entire year here. It's like, will something surpass this this show of shows? Yeah. And you had all the potential in the world to do it, especially with shows like All In. Yeah. Um, you had anniversary shows from major companies like CMLL. You've got global promotions and like Pro Wrestling Noah and and. It's it's crazy the amount of potential this year had, just because it's such a booming time in the business. But looking at it now, I told you before we started recording, I was looking at multiple lists of like top ten, top twenty, top thirty from different people <laughs> yeah. from all walks of the wrestling uh, yeah. fan fandom uh, side of things, 
And more often than not, you've seen at least half that fucking card on, on a top 10 list or a top 20 list or a top 30 list. Folks, I really thought my partner here was like out of his fucking mind when he said that, <laughs> but it holds up. It definitely holds up. And right now, as of right now, as of this moment, I got to say that you're you're right. It. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been moments throughout the year where you're like, oh, that was great. Oh, that mm. was great. But this is an entire card yeah. that just, it, it, it took the cake. And that for it to happen so fucking early in in the year, it, it's it's flabbergasting to me is what it is. It really is. Again, I'm not I'm not shitting on the rest of the year. No, absolutely not. Um, by no means. Nor am I. But for them to get everything right and do an entire card and it, it be of that caliber with that cohesiveness, that's the key. Super cohesive card. It was great. Absolutely great. Wrestle Kingdom was about six hours long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it didn't feel like that. No, it didn't. Six hours, you know, even if you watch a movie that you like that's over three hours long, you, you're like, man, that was a long movie. Avengers. What, Avengers. Yeah, Infinity War. Love the fucking movie. Bro. Yeah. You can tell it's three it, hours. It's three hours long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember watching, I, it, this was a busy time because. I had family over for the holidays. They come, at, you know, toward around New Year's area, you know. So I had them over, but I had time in the morning because they were they were visiting other family. So I was like, okay, let me get this, get, watch this, and they it was it was a quicker visit. He, I my brother in law was sitting with me. He watched the first match. It was Rapungi Three K versus Young Bucks. Amazing match, and he's like, wow, it was a really good match. But he, you know, he had to go. He's a, he's not a wrestling fan. Okay. He comes back, and the the main event's on. All right. And the first thing he asked me was, "Have you moved?" Because I'm still in my pajamas. <laughs> and I was, I looked at him, and I, I did I barely looked at him, and I was like, "What?" I was like, "No, I I no, I haven't, I haven't moved yet." And I went back in there, and I was like, "What time is it?" <laughs> yeah. I was like, but pretty much like, did you guys leave yet? You know, kind of thing. <laughs> and it was it was. Such a like, you were lost in time. Like nothing else around you mattered because every single match was just from the the, the performances to the storytelling was just it, it was perfect. It was, and I don't use perfect. I don't just throw that word out there. You know, I damn near perfect. Yeah, sure, but not perfect. And it, this was a perfect card. You know, I go back to Dominion. In a match that we're going to talk about, the main event, so I'll just leave it at this, the main event of Dominion, and how emotionally exhausted I was after that match. Mm-hmm. And I'll go more into detail in that. One of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's just like, did this beat Wrestle Kingdom? And I looked at the rest of the card, and it was a solid card. It's got to beat Wrestle Kingdom, right? And I went back... And I thought about it. I rewatched some of the matches from Wrestle Kingdom. And I was like, no, it just doesn't. It just doesn't <laughs> hold up to it. And that's saying something because, again, it was like you said, it's not like I'm shitting on Dominion or any other wrestling show, including a WrestleMania, which I felt was okay this year. But the Wrestle Kingdom was at such a high level 
that in, in order for you to beat it, you'd have to be better than perfect. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you do that? <laughs> how do you, it, 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 on a scale of, of zero to 100%, how do you, you, you can't go higher than that. Well, how do you beat 100%? You don't. And I, I know it was it was a ridiculous statement, but I looked at that card. You know, yeah, you had Omega versus Jericho, and that was actually a match, if you remember, that I was worried about. I yeah. didn't know how Jericho was going to handle Kenny Omega. Yeah, yep. And then, but you had Naito versus Okada, and just that storyline of Naito, the 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 challenger of of the the quest for to regain that gold, and all the shit that he pulled prior to that with the IC title and things of that nature that nothing nothing else matters other than beating Okada at Wrestle Kingdom and taking that title and then and then the the shit that followed leading up to it where Omega and, and Omega Omega mainly essentially saying we're the main event they're not even in the match again <laughs> together and, and it's, they, they have beef and you know the the, the match between Suzuki and Goto such a heavy hitting match with so much emotion and then with Goto winning the title and then Suzuki shaving his own head Th- that that show I mean just unbelievable I, I couldn't believe it I really couldn't believe just it just everything about it man was just that was a perfect card it was one of those cards that if, for, especially for the first time seeing it if you're if you're a wrestling fan I guarantee you you will watch that car if you watch it for the first time, and you'll be also taken away and lost in time. And you're gonna look at it and like, man, I don't want this to be over. And you look at your your phone or your watch or whatever, and it'd be like, shit, that was a long <laughs> fucking show. And it was. It was a very long show, but it was worth every single second. I watched it multiple times this year, probably about five times. Two, three times in its entirety, and probably another two times just watching sporadic matches here and there, uh, including to prepare for the show. And I was just... It, that right there is what professional wrestling is at its finest. That is the measuring stick of professional wrestling. And I think everybody else should strive to be that. Because I know there's a lot of other cards, a lot of other promotions that can put a card like that together. And many have come close this year. But it's not quite that yet. What's really interesting about this whole thing is you look back and, and it's like you said, how do you, how do you arrive at that card? How, how does that become a thing? And it, it's, it's booking. It's great booking. Yeah. But it doesn't happen overnight. You know, we're talking about storylines that developed months and months before January. Right. And in order for them to to take all of that content and make all the puzzle pieces fit seamlessly is is something that just doesn't happen very often. That's that's one thing you have to understand. You when it comes to like criteria for a perfect show, mm-hmm. rule number 1 Find a booking style and stick to it. Yeah. The bookers of New Japan have it down packed. They they book their shit in Memphis style. They're big fans of Memphis wrestling. They adapted that to New Japan strong style. And they have come up with 
like golden nugget after golden nugget after golden nugget, man. And it's been great. It's been fascinating stuff. Absolutely. And listening to some of the old timers that I talk to, older than older than me, New Japan is is one of those where. And don't get me wrong, like a lot of the current product out there, no matter who it is, it just doesn't get the respect that it probably deserves right. with those guys. But New Japan is one of those organizations where they will constantly mention it like as as something to watch. And I think that speaks volumes because if you're if you're doing something well enough to where those guys are paying attention to you <laughs> I mean Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Rule number one, booking style. Find one, stick to it. And that's that's a huge problem with the WWE. There's too many writers. It's overproduced. Yeah. And and I'll 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 leave it at that because <laughs> we've, we've done that you know, that's a dead horse. We've we played that episode before. Yeah. <laughs> Again, there's so many shows the you know, in its entirety that have come close. You know, we talked about Dominion. I, I, that's another show, too. That again, a solid card. Yeah. But let's face it that that match between Okada and Omega was so emotionally exhausting. <laughs> and and to be honest with you, I think I think just because of the the way that match went about and how it was booked. Mm-hmm. It, it it almost first of all it obviously stole the show second of all without doubt yeah you you experienced something like that quite honestly i don't think they could have booked the they've could they could have booked the perfect card for the rest of the matches that were on that card and it still would have felt uneven just because that match was so fucking awesome like there's no escaping it so I mean, there's there's some people that I talk to where it's like, oh, they shot themselves in the foot by by having that the match at that caliber and not having all the other matches, you know, right up to that par. But I, you know what, I I knew what was at stake going into it, and it, it had been quite the storyline between these two with that title. But I don't think anybody was prepared for that match, and and then that was that was part of the issue. Like, how do you prepare yourself right. for something like that, and and to have the outcome that that came from it? Yeah, I was I was completely blown away. So let's talk about top matches of, of twenty eighteen, and and there's no rhyme or reason to this episode, and there there will be, uh, but trust us. But uh, you brought up. You bring up Omega versus Okada. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll just say this for later, but since you brought it up, that right there, and I know I'm going to sound like a real big-time nerd here, <laughs> but I remember watching that match, and, and and it was over an hour long, and, and my wife didn't watch the whole thing because she's not a wrestling fan, but it was one of those things where she she came up to me and try to talk to me about something, and I paused, and I was like, "What?" And I try to be nice, but it's like, <laughs> "What do you want?" And, and uh, you know, she 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 said her piece and everything like that, and I was like, "I'm I'm so I'm really sorry. I just I'm really into what's what's happening here." And she's like, "No, I, I get it." And and I was like, "You know, 
the whole I love you. I don't mean to be a dick, but <laughs> unless it's important, <laughs> let me finish this. And, uh, you know, so I'm watching it, and eventually she sits down, and she's watching it. And then she's watching me, and then she's watching the match again. And she does that throughout throughout the rest of the match. After it was done, and Omega, Omega wins the, the, the title, she looks at me, and I was like, I was like, what's up? And she's like, I've never seen you, like, at home, like, this intense for a match in your life. You know, and it's nice as I've been watching wrestling with you. I've seen you at, at live shows, and, you know, you get, you know, you're, you get super giddy and all that stuff, and it's, it, it's great, but, like, at home, like, you're usually more, more calm, cool, relaxed. You were so invested in that match. She's like, and I'm watching you. And I'm watching your your arm hair, and I I can see goosebumps. <laughs> and she's like, "That's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen." I'm like, they were able to captivate that UV a TV screen. And I was like, I'm, "I'm gonna tell you this right now. That right there is everything, every every reason why I fell in love with professional wrestling. That match, that was everything you're supposed to do in, in the business." To perfection. And again, there's that perfect word again. <laughs> I mean, Omega and Okada, they didn't just put on a clinic. They put on the measuring stick of what you want to do in a, in a wrestling ring. They told a great story from before the match, during the match, and after the match. There was a story being told. There was so much on the line, obviously, with Okada, Okada's title. But not only that, but Okada's reign. Of of seven hundred plus days as champion, Omega, the, the 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 man that's trying to bring that title back to the Bullet Club, but more importantly, a guy that has been chasing that title for ever since he became a heavyweight, ever since he joined the Bullet Club, yeah, was that was the whole reason why he turned on AJ, was because he he was done being a junior heavyweight. He wanted the heavyweight title, the ultimate chase. Can he finally get that? The the two failed attempts that he had in twenty sixteen or sorry twenty seventeen against Okada for the for that title, including the draw that happened the year before. Yeah, I mean, and how exhausted I was after that match. And if you're gonna do it again, no time limit draw, two out of three falls. Amazing, amazing storytelling. Great back and forth match. Very physical. I mean, even the down spots, which there were some. Obviously, it's over an hour long. Even the down spots were just like I had to catch my breath, and and and, <laughs> and, and to me, that is what everything professional wrestling stands for. Those two stood on a big stage in Osaka, and essentially, in my opinion, carried professional wrestling on their backs, on their shoulders, and delivered one of the best matches we've seen this year, but I think we've seen in a very, very, very long time. Yeah. And I I I, I applaud those two and, and thank them so much for that match and, and to me it's one of the standout matches of the year. I was able to watch the show the morning it happened. And then my daughter it was a couple of days later, my daughter I was telling my daughter about the match and I was I was completely in love with the match, and I'm like, I can't, you know, I can't believe it. Omega, Omega won the title, and she's <laughs> like, Oh, I, I, you know, I didn't get to see it, obviously. I'm like, Let's watch it. Like, yeah. We don't have to watch the whole card, but let's watch that match. Yeah, it's over an hour long, and 
you know, she's a teenage girl. She does have hard times uh, focusing. Mm-hmm. And so for her to sit down and do anything for an hour sometimes is difficult. And she sat there and she was just as invested as I was. You know, she's screaming at the at the <laughs> screen and, you know, getting all ramped up. But she was into it. She got lost for over an hour, just like I did. And after it was over, you could tell. Like, you could tell she had been through some shit. <laughs> and she was like, wow. Like, I can't believe it happened that way. And, like, this is crazy. And she just, again, she was, ex- she was like, emotionally exhausted. And my wife couldn't believe it. My wife's like, I... I don't know what you guys were watching, but you guys were so into it, and I had to explain to her what it was, and she's just like, "Wow, I didn't, I didn't know wrestling could do that to people." And I, I think that says it all <laughs> in a nutshell, you know. When you have people that that don't watch, like our wives are not wrestling fans. Oh they're, God, they're no. not. <laughs> there's a, there's times where I'll, I'll watch wrestling, and it's not just WWE. It's like this, ladies and gentlemen. Where I watch professional wrestling, and she's like, "What, what, like, what is it that you get out of this? Like, what satisfaction do you get out of this?" And it's, it's. I'm glad that both of them, whether they watched it, part of it, or or you, they just listen to you talk about it and see the reactions for that moment in time, at least they're like, "I get it. I understand why." You know, it may not be for me, but I understand that there's something there. When done right, there's something there. And again, this is that one. This this is that 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 example where it's it's the epitome of it. It's it's at its best, at its finest. Everything else can come super close, but I don't know if it ever touches that. And we'll talk more about matches, but that right there for me is definitely one of the standout matches of 2018. <laughs> yeah. And just talking about it. It, it, again, it gets it gets me amped up, and it's something I'm probably going to turn on very soon. Here. We talk about WWE. Go back to cards here. WWE did it have did it have a top card for you? Does it does it does it does it, does it have a noteworthy card that says if we were going to do an award show, does it get a nomination or nominations? In your opinion. Yeah, and it's it's a, it's such a conundrum for me because they had to go backwards. Yeah. They had to go backwards in order to to go forwards. I know that sounds very confusing, but what I mean by that is uh they had to go backwards and sort of catch up with the times. And at least. It, yeah, and it's so weird because you have a company that's so huge it's everywhere. Everybody knows about it, even right. the most casual of fans. But here you have their their women athletes being treated like second class citizens on their roster, even to this day. Yeah. And while the rest of the wrestling world around them, you have all women promotions. You have. You know, you have very decorated, very talented women wrestlers out there, not only, you know, doing it against other women, but, you know, intergender stuff too. And they, uh, you know, the matches have become so advanced and they have clearly, the indie scene and the rest of the world has clearly caught up with the times. 
but WWE has not. <laughs> and so their big thing was like, we're going to do an all-women's pay-per-view, finally. And you're, everybody was like, huh? <laughs> you're just now doing it? You're just now doing this? <laughs> and you know, what kills me is like, as, as much as I hate to say this, like, I kind of agree with the timing. As much as that kills me to say that, because the roster that they have right now, I think is probably one of the most versatile rosters that they've had in quite some time. You know, you've got Becky Lynch, you've got Charlotte Flair, you've got, I hate to say this, but you have Ronda Rousey. Yeah. You know, she's she's good for something. I, yeah. I'm not saying she's a full-fledged wrestler yet, but she's, she's getting there. It's just taking a long, long time. You have... Um, Sasha Banks, you have Bailey, you you have all these awesome performers. It was like okay, if this is what it took, whether whether it was a, a good, bad, or, or ugly decision, if this is what it took for this to happen, I am a okay with it. I think sometimes the best things in life happen in very unconventional ways, and that's exactly what happened here. That's my the 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 short of the long here is that's that's my pick for for like a top show of theirs this year is Women's Evolution pay per view. I sat there and watched it, and I went into it not expecting to be wowed. Yeah, I sat there. I'm like, you know, I'm probably gonna be bored off my ass. They're probably not gonna let them do X, Y, and Z. But by the end of that mat, or by the end of that card. I was like, holy shit, where the hell has this been <laughs> for the past five years? Right. Like, I, I was blown away. And I, I'm continued, I continue to be blown away by it. Like, I've went back, I've watched it, I think, like three or four times in its entirety now. It's like, why can't it be like this all the time? I really don't get it. And, and you know what pains me even more to say? Vince McMahon booked that show. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that when we, uh, a few episodes ago, when we, we talked about this Fuck. The show. How does how does that happen? He sits there and fucks everything else up. He gets in the way of progress left and right, but you leave him alone with a bunch of women, and somehow he creates magic again. <laughs> like, holy shit. I'm, I'm just, dude. It like blew my brain up. Is 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 weed illegal? Uh, illegal in, in New York? Cause, <laughs> cause maybe he was as high as fuck. <laughs> what whatever happened? Like I said, whatever happened, the way it happened, make it happen again. Yeah, I'm I am all for it. Please, I want another show like that. I was I was fucking super entertained. So you have a card that I didn't watch live, and I talked about that in our in our episode. I kind of got. I got bit by the WWE bug because it was so poorly promoted because of where it fit in, in the schedule. I mean, it was right between, like, the Super Showdown in Australia and then the 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 Saudi Arabian show. Oh, the Crown Jewel. Yeah, Crown Jewel. That and, fucking show. And a lot of the people from the WWE group are just like, oh, yeah, this thing, too. It doesn't. It doesn't matter because it's in it's in Uniondale, New York, Nassau Coliseum. Although that's a big, big deal. Historic, Historic building. Historic building for that company, by the way. 
Yeah. But again, this is this is the WWE morons I deal with, and I just and, and I just looked at him like, yeah, I, I'll watch it eventually. And then you you and I got together for an episode, and you're like, did you watch it? I'm like, no, I haven't seen it. And and then you're the same enthusiasm like you showed there, <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, maybe I should have watched this thing, and uh, put it on. And again, I was I was absolutely blown away by it, same as you. It's about fucking time. It's about time. I don't care if this was because you know this is always got to be the, the the Debbie Downers. Oh, they're only they only got the show because they're trying to make peace with the women roster because of the whole Saudi Arabian thing. If that's the case, do it again. Keep doing it, you know, because there's there's decades worth of bullshit they put women through in that company that they can make up for. Give them another fucking show. Give them multiple shows throughout the year. As far as I'm concerned, you know, it, I think it's common knowledge now at this point that the WWE has a working uh, contract with Saudi Arabia for the next 10 years. Now, I don't know how many shows that's going to equate to. Yeah. But fuck it. Every time they're in Saudi Arabia, have an all-women's show. Yeah. Please. By all means. All the time. All the time. All the time. If you're gonna make them like that, hell yeah, let's do it. I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, if that's the case, and then, 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 then fine. I mean, bribery is can work. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessary, but bribery definitely can work. We talked about the card on, on an episode or earlier episode, and you brought up uh, the the point that everybody, everybody. From the great wrestlers to to the shitheads like Nikki Bella, <laughs> who who were who were, I mean let's 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 call it what it is. Brie Bella and Nikki Bella were there to bank off of everybody else's work. Yeah, they they they're gonna go ahead and claim we started this evolution. No, you didn't, and and nor did you help attribute to any of it. You you banked off other people's hard work, and fine. You got your main event. You got your more fifteen minutes of fame. Fine. What I liked before I even watched any of it was that even the shitheads, like a Nikki and Brie Bella, who can't do anything right, even they stepped their game up yeah. for one night only and put on a, a good enough match. They didn't fuck anything up. They went out there. They, they gave it their, their, their best against a Ronda Rousey, who is getting better but isn't quite main event or champion worthy yet. But... They still put on a, a decent match. Yeah, and I, to me, that's a win. That is a win, especially when you have, you know, Io Shirai versus Tony Storm. Holy fuck! Yeah, holy fuck, indeed. <laughs> you have, you know, Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler again. And you know what? Again, I didn't know how that match was going to play out. It seemed like such a an oddball match. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Like, they definitely have chemistry, but. The stipulation for the match. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how's this going to go? And it went fucking smashingly, man. Io Shirai and, and Kyrie Sane are the only two portions of this show where you definitely can see Vince McMahon writing it or, or producing it because the, the two Asians, of course, lost. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that is definitely not an accident. Oh, man. Uh, but then you also have, to me... Another candidate for match of the year, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair in a last woman standing match. 
You talk about exhausting. Oh my god! And, and I, like I had brought up on that episode, they didn't even have to do all that. No, no, they didn't. They are both very well-performing women wrestlers. Yeah. They didn't have to stoop to that level. They didn't have to go through all that to put on a hell of a match. And they went and did it anyway. And did it amp it up to an 11? Absolutely. I was floored. I could not believe, one, that they let them get away with all that shit. (laughs) And two, that it went off without a hitch. Nothing was botched. You know, everything was, everything made sense. It told a story. It was exciting. Yeah. I was exhausted after that match. And at the same time, I was so happy. And just, again, mind blown that all this went on. Definitely stole the show that night. Should have been the main event. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt, that should have been the main event. But, uh, again, it, you you take Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, and, yeah, it's the main event because, to, to not just to me, to, to anybody with a logical thinking mind, they represent everything that, that women wrestling, in the WWE at least, it has strived for. And... I agree. I agree that with what you said about not having to do all that. But in in one perspective, I think that it was still necessary because you have you you have this all women pay per view. You the first time ever for WWE. I have to keep saying that because again, <laughs> how they build it as the first ever in in the history of ever. But you, in the first ever in the in the WWE, this major show. That's again, you know, everyone talks about you, you know, no, I was, you're always going to remember the first, at least you should. And it's one of those things where how do you show that it's not just about women wrestling? Because, yeah, we're not just great women wrestlers, we're just, we're great wrestlers. The whole point, I think, of, of all of this, women evolution, is to take women off of the title. You know, you're not women, and, and I mean, yeah, you be they have like your Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion and all that shit, but it's like having a a a Latino wrestler and saying, oh, he's a great Latino wrestler, or he's a great African American wrestler, or he's a great midget wrestler or short person wrestler. You see what I'm saying here? Yeah. Where take that off? Why do you have to add the adjective? I'm just a great wrestler. You know. And some of the great wrestlers, sometimes they go through last man standing match wars or hell in the cell matches or false count anywhere matches. How many times do we got to prove that we're not, yeah, we're not just doing it in a women's division, but we're doing it, period. We're doing what other women were unwilling to do. And not just be, not just to, to, to make a name for ourselves, but because we love to do this. And it showed showcase that put us on the level with the men as far as respect goes because this is what we do this is what we do in the business do they have to do this no they don't but it's one of those things where i feel that if you're going to do it for the first time ever kind of like what we talked about in the ladder match in in 2017 if if you're going to do a last man standing match go all out because if you weren't going to go all out then don't do a last man standing match there's, there's no point to it 
Kind of like we do a Hell in a Cell match. If you're doing a Hell in a Cell match and you don't use that cell, why'd you do a Hell in a Cell match to begin with? So that's the only thing. I understand last man standing matches doesn't necessarily mean be hardcore, but because of the of the uh, of what it usually means of the the whole no no you know last man you know last man standing but last man standing of course but the the concept of this is a last man standing match is usually the end of a rivalry or at least for the time being like this is this is it I I'm gonna beat you till you can't stand up anymore that's that's it culminates it so it also tells that story too where I have to put this other person down and make sure they don't get up. Because a three count wasn't enough, a submission wasn't enough. I have to pu- I have to pummel my opponent to the point where they can't answer a ten count, and therefore every everything is on the table, and that's what they did. I agree with you, but again, we're talking about the WWE, and things are things are a lot less logical there. I know that's always been the problem with them, and. This this is where I disagree with you. Like, I understand what you're what you're saying and where you're coming from, but I didn't like. Don't get me wrong, I love the match, but I didn't like that they did all that extra stuff. Both of those women are highly capable of putting on a pure wrestling match and entertaining the fans and doing a last woman standing match successfully. They can do all that with just wrestling. They didn't have to go hardcore about it or anything of that nature. And here's here's where it gets tricky because now, for as much as that event and that match had advanced mm-hmm. the the women ranks in that company, yeah. Because of the way things are booked with that company, they're going to be painted into a corner, and. It is one that they very well might not get out of. And it's already starting to show with the way they're booking them on Raw uh, during November and December. Mm-hmm. Where it's just horseshit segment after horseshit segment. It, it, it's, it so easily can become two steps forward and four steps back with that situation and that's why I didn't want that to happen get there along your your own true merit and not not amp it up to 11 yet because if you do that now you're stuck because guess what now everybody's going to want you to be at 11 all the time and because of the way things are booked and the way the companies run they're not going to allow that to happen all the time. So the moment it doesn't happen, i.e. Raw, November, December, it's already tanking. And it shouldn't be it shouldn't have to be that way. You know? Especially for them. Yeah. I agree with that. There 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 are there are two things to that. One, it's raw and and, and <laughs> But no, well, you say that. But think about. Uh, but they're on SmackDown though, and and they're actually being booked decently on SmackDown right now. Still, as far as those two. Uh, but uh, but still, like, they're because of what happened. They're they're on. They're in their own little world, if you want to say it that way. But everybody else is being booked super shitty, shitty, and it 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 sucks. Yeah. And and you can't tell me it's it's a raw thing, 
because I remember, what was it, last year, two years ago, where they had the main event of Charlotte and Sasha Banks mm-hmm. in a cage. Yeah. Main eventing Raw. Right. And that was fucking great. So it, it's just, it's bad booking. It's it's horrible fucking booking. Yeah. I, 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 the, other, the other point I was going to make is, is whether they did the weapons or not, it was going to be the same situation because of the company. Where you're, you're stuck anyways, no matter what you did. They could have gone out there and, and, and rolled around and fucking gravy and mud again like they used to and it would have been the same situation though it's 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 the company as a whole what you said i agree with it's just the unfortunate fact is no matter what type of match they put on whether it was clean or not it's going to end in the same the same result because they don't get to unlike other promotions they don't get to control their destiny it's the same and it makes it that much more of a shame because you have a product like NXT happening right parallel to Raw and SmackDown in the same fucking company yeah and it's it's like night and day i really wish those two would still be in NXT and have this match happen yeah we're talking a whole different ball game now cuz now you do have the opportunity to keep it right you know I mean, Becky Lynch is one of those few, few people that that have, especially the second half of the year, Becky Lynch, actually only the second half of the year, Becky Lynch, that has stayed true to the character, and even even post evolution, has still stayed as hot as she is. It was during during that pay per view, even with the with the, with the the concussion, still remained hot. And you know, even missing Survivor Series and, and and things of that nature, still remains one of the top talents as far as uh, characters right now on the card. And then Charlotte has, has done the same thing. But again, that's a rarity when it comes to women's wrestling. I, I want I want you I want you all listening and you yourself, Matt, to take take out your phone. And mark this down on your Google Calendar or or whatever calendar app you have for your iPhone, whatever you have. I'm going to actually compliment the WWE fans right now. <laughs> you ready? Here it goes. Let's hear it. They are at least 50% responsible for the success of Becky Lynch. Do you yeah. know why? Because... They would not allow her to turn heel. And so she was forced to keep doing more devious heel shit time after time after time. And that's why she's so fucking hot right now. She had no choice. She understands the the heel babyface ratio. Right. And... You had all these fans like, oh, you know, Becky finally got her title, and great, and now she gets to be happy Becky. No, Becky Lynch didn't want that. Just turn heel. No, no, you're not going to be that. We're still going to love it. No, no, guess what? I'm going to go do this now and just make you even mad, even even that much more mad. So 
Congratulations. You guys finally did something right. (laughs) (laughs) Whether you realize it or not. So we talked about NXT a little bit and 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 for me one of the the one of the shows for for NXT that that stood out actually I I don't know it was something in the air in the in the cold crisp air of January <laughs> <laughs> but there was something special about the first NXT pay-per-view of 2018 and that was NXT takeover Philadelphia uh in that card you had the match between Aleister Black versus Adam Cole in the extreme rules match uh, which I th- I looked into that match as like the going into the going into that car as like the match of the night. The match was going to steal the show, and up until the main event, it did <laughs> because it was oh my god, it was it was amazing. I remember the the move on uh, Adam Cole hitting on chair on the spine and just like Jesus. I remember watching that show with Miss Wrestling Six, and this was the first time seeing Alistair Black. And he's just like, holy shit! And first of all, with him, but then like Adam Cole's dead. Like he just he killed yeah, Adam I, Cole. When I saw that spot, I was like, man, people aren't supposed to fucking bounce off the of chairs that way. No. It's just unnatural. Uh, you had um, you you had a uh, a match between Ember Moon and Shayna Baszler, which is, almost seems, and I hate saying this, but almost seems like a forgettable rivalry. Only because how good the rivalry between Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane has been. Yeah. And, I, and that's no disrespect to, to Ember Moon at all. They put on a great match at that show. And then for me, one of the shows, or one of, excuse me, one of the matches that highlighted that entire show was a match that I looked at as like, who cares? And that was uh, Andrade San Almas versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT title. And... I was you talk about again being exhausted watching that match. <laughs> that was one of those matches that probably had like five or six different endings, but it wouldn't end. It wouldn't end, and it wasn't a problem. It wasn't an issue for me. Like I, no, I, it, I completely enjoyed that it was one. A great fucking match, and I'm I'm glad we get to see something with the WWE logo attached to it. Go almost thirty three minutes. Oh yeah. And it'd be worth all of it. Yeah, I mean, between between the last two matches alone, you you have almost an hour right there. <laughs> that doesn't happen. But uh, I remember watching that. You know, it's it's Royal Rumble weekend. You know, you're, you're somewhat excited for the Royal Rumble. It's gonna be different this year. And you know, let's watch NXT Takeover, and we watched it live, and I was just I was blown away by how good that card was. You know, you got to see Velveteen Dream versus Cassius Ono, which was an impromptu match, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And anything that Velveteen Dream touches ever since 2017 Dude. has been absolute gold. And I hate saying that because that means Velveteen Dream is going to get called up very soon. I'm dreading the day, man. <laughs> I really am dreading the day. And uh, he's going to be uh, he's going to be jobbing for Braun Strowman soon enough. Fuck. You heard it here first, Braun Strowman. <laughs> Get ready. Somebody as good as Velveteen Dream, but uh, man, like that was anytime you anytime you have an NXT card go go over go before a, a WWE card. It seems like nine times out of ten that NXT card is just blowing that WWE card out of the water. Yeah, every single time. It, it has become. Uh... 
commonplace for me anyway I think for most people to the point where you know you see memes now like with the uh, like the the guy who's who's being led by the girl yeah. and he's looking back at a different woman like it's like I've seen the Drake one too yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it, it is what it is folks you can tell the difference between the products and clearly NXT is the superior product out of the three yeah. even even as hot as as Lynch and Flair are right now it still top, tops all of, all of the, the other stuff. NXT's the brand, man. It is definitely the brand to watch. Speaking of Velveteen Dream, I, I have to mention one of my favorite moments of this year was him versus Ricochet. Oh, my God, yes. You want to talk about, like, masters of, of their craft. Ricochet comes in, and, you know, they, they get this feud going, and... You look at Velveteen Dream and the things that he had done up to that point, and he call he <laughs> he pulled a, uh, a a Bret Hart. I can't remember who said it, but someone was talking about Bret Hart, and they were like, "Here's the thing about Bret Hart and why he's such a good wrestler. He he has only a few set moves, but no he he knows how to tie them together in various different ways, and." He makes it exciting and interesting for you to watch time and time again. Even though he only has a few moves. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Velveteen Dream. You think you think you've seen everything that he's done before. You think he doesn't have anything else to offer. This match comes along with Ricochet and he he fucking tells you to your face what you're going to see and I'll be honest with you his the promo he cut for that match I was like you know what this yeah. this might be this might be the blah match of the of the night and much to my surprise I was shocked and appalled to see such like masterful storytelling he told you before the match I'm going to pick you apart, Ricochet, with your own moves. And he literally he did, did that. It, yeah. He literally did Ricochet's moves against Ricochet. <laughs> and the way he did it was so fucking awesome and interesting. I could not pull myself away from that fucking television. Not one second. And for me, it was the match of the night for me. I know everybody. I know everybody doesn't agree with me, and that there were better matches. But I love that fucking match. That's one of my favorite of the entire fucking year. Well, there you have it. That's that's one we're gonna we're gonna put in our <laughs> in our bracket, if you will. And and yeah, to me, that match is a standout match. Is in, in a in a I guess I want to say a year and a half work. I'm gonna go into 2017 as well. Okay. Because I can't I can't talk about Velveteen Dream and not talk about the match that put him on a no level, and that was against Alistair Black. Yeah. I my God. He took it to him. He did. He, he, he took. Did. It to, and I'm thinking. I'm looking at it, and I was like, it's too early for him. It's too, <laughs> it's too early for him to have this kind of rivalry. And man, was I was I proven to be dumb at that point, saying shit like that. I mean, Velveteen Dream is a guy that is a product by, of WWE, but he is so much better than what that company's going to offer him. He is. And 
And I'll leave it at that. A uh, couple more cards. I'm, uh, and we're going to continue to talk about cards here before we hit our break. Uh, one of them, too, I don't know if you watched this, partner, but uh, Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling had a resurgence in 2018. It did. Led by Scott Demore and Don Callis. These, those two guys who, who know wrestling, whether you are a fan of them or not, they know wrestling. They're doing things the right way. They're doing things in small chunks, too, which I like. The partnerships they have with other companies out there. I absolutely love it. Um, and they put on a show that, that's put on every single year, ever since 2005, called Slammiversary. Okay. And I look at this card, and it was, it was, it was a show that I almost ordered. It was on pay-per-view. Uh, this is before I cut the cable. They're they're affiliated with Fight TV now, but uh, anyways, I, I ended up uh, I ended up catching it a few weeks later, and I remember just watching this card and and just looking at it. I'm like, oh, it's it's gonna be a decent card, and it was on paper a, a pretty decent card, a decent card that was turned into a phenomenal show, absolutely phenomenal show, to me the best they put on all year, and. It was uh, it was main evented by Austin Aries and Moose, who put on a great match. Austin Aries retained the title, but one of the matches that stood out for me is for me one of the best rivalries of 2018, and, and it involves Sammy Callahan. And no, it does not involve Eddie Edwards, although that was a good one too. It, it was uh, Sammy Callahan versus Pentagon Junior. The mask versus hair, and two guys that have beaten the ever living shit out of each other. And that's an understatement, man. Yeah. Jesus. Pentagon Jr. is... is, is, Sammy Callahan's hardcore. There's no doubt about that. Pentagon Jr. puts him to shame. (laughs) He he can. And uh, those two guys absolutely murdered each other throughout throughout 2018. Had a phenomenal match in this this year. Uh, Sammy Callahan, it it started actually in another faction um, in PCW Ultra. Where he removed the mask of, of, of Pentagon Jr., which ended up being a big no-no. <laughs> <laughs> and and Callahan has been has been rivaling with the Lucha Brothers throughout the year, especially in Impact Wrestling. And the match they put on there, it was it was so physical. It was great storytelling. And no matter who won, I mean, as we're watching uh, the MLW episode with, with the War Games match. Uh, we see a Pentagon, or excuse me, we see Sammy Callahan with short hair. So obviously he <laughs> lost the match. He lost his hair. But there was a lot of what I loved about this card is that most, almost all the matches had personal vendettas in it. It, it was one of those things where, yeah, you got people fighting for titles, but even the people that are fighting for titles, like in LAX versus the OGs. There was personal vendettas involved there. To the point where the after this match, even though LAX won and, and they still rival with the OGs, the OGs said, we don't want the belts. We just want you guys. We want your asses. That match in particular, as I did watch this. Yeah. And before the before the match, before that match, yeah. like during their pre-show and the whole nine, I kept hearing through different groups and, and people online, like, why do they have to fucking fight again? Like, yeah. I'm tired of seeing these guys fight. And I, I really, you know, I, I, did, I didn't pay too much attention to Impact throughout the year, at least not live. Right. And so this was one of the few that I actually watched live. And I got to say, maybe, maybe it was because I didn't watch a lot of the other stuff live. 
and had to play catch up, but I I thought it was a great match. Yeah. I thought they beat the shit out of each other and it made sense. They told the story and I I think it was genius for them to sit there and be like, you know what, even though this is a championship match, fuck it. We don't want the belts. We just want to beat the piss out of you. Yeah. That's what I it think, came down I to. I think that was the charm of the match. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of people that disagree with me. And, hey, that's fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Sure. But um, to me, again, that it, it's, uh, it's a hallmark of what Impact's trying to offer. Yeah. And let's face it, it's working. It, de- it definitely is. I mean, you got guys who are continuously wrestling in Impact Wrestling who are not contracted by them. Guys like Tommy Dreamer who are, are there to represent his own company in, in House of Hardcore. He put on a, a really good hardcore match, or House of Hardcore Rules match, as it was called technically, against Eddie Edwards, who had such a weird year. <laughs> I mean, his character change has, has been something something to see, for sure. And sometimes it, it doesn't work, but other times where I, okay, I, I can see, I get it. And he's it's it's been different, but it's been good. And it, it's, it's great, too, because... The question was, how is he going to do it without Davey Richards? Because in 2017, Davey Richards says he's not doing anything in 2018. Whether he's going to come back in 2019, who knows? But he, he said he was not wrestling at all in 2018. So Eddie Edwards, for the first time in, in I don't know, if, at least in, the later, in, in a good chunk of his career, he had to go an entire year without Davey Richards. Yeah. Whether he was teaming with them or rivaling, rivaling against them, he had Davey Richards there, and that wasn't to be this year at all. And I think for the most part, he's done very well. And that was that was a, a, a good stepping stone for him, too, because he just got done having a rivalry with Sammy Callahan. Callahan moved on to, to Pentagon, and it's like, well, what next? Well, Tommy Dreamer's there. He had, he had a bit at a House of Hardcore show where he went too far, and then, uh, and, and then Tommy Dreamer took exception to that, and the rivalry started and it's worked out he's flowed so well since then now in a rivalry with moose uh who moose who had a who had a heel change not on this night but shortly after that because mm-hmm. after not winning the title i mean it's all just flowed so nicely for them you know tessa blanchard had a great match on there with ali tessa blanchard who you know might be one of the best not might be is one of the best wrestlers of 2018 and then you had the, the first match the first match johnny impact phoenix Petey Williams and Taiji Ishimori. Taiji Ishimori, who left the company earlier that year, signed with New Japan Pro Wrestling and is coming back as a, a New Japan Pro Wrestling wrestler and doing the show as well as other shows. Uh, that goes to show you the the uh, the multiple companies in one, something that everybody's getting on board with but the WWE, for the most part, with the exception of the UK brand. Yeah. So far. So far. And... The that's it, it, it shows it shows Brian Cage won the X Division title before he signed a contract with them. That's <laughs> that's a pretty big fucking deal, you know. And not only that, but like those titles, wherever they go, there those titles can go as well. Don you know? Callis put it put it really really well. He says, you know, the the a huge problem with WCW. And and more relevant to this uh, conversation now, TNA, yeah. the hu- hugest problem with TNA was they kept trying to mimic what the WWE was doing. And let's face it, especially after listening to 
episodes of Bruce Pritchard's podcast, you you are quick to realize that whether you want to accept it or not, whether you're a WWE fan or not, half the time they have their head up their ass. It's so, a it's a frustrating podcast. To so, listen to. so how can you try to mimic something or someone who doesn't have any real sense of direction? You know, who's like constantly in some sort of creative fog. It's not healthy. And so Don Callis was like, we're just going to do the opposite of what they do. For starters, like, instead of just limiting guys to being on our product only, we're going to have this open door policy. Hey, you want to go wrestle for Lucha Underground or, you know, Border City or or what have you? Go ahead. But guess what? We want you to come back and wrestle for us as well. Please make us a priority on your on your you know many stops. Yeah. And by doing that, you have this ever evolving roster of talent to come in and and continue to to help grow your product. And it's it's worked out fucking smashingly. Pentagon comes in, has this uh, run as champ. Which I didn't see coming, and I thought it was great. You know what it reminded me of? I'm probably going to get fucking shot for this too, but (laughs) years ago in TNA, when they gave the title to Ron Killings, no one fucking saw that coming, and then they give it to him, and it it was almost like a fucking joke, I swear. It was like, oh, just give it to him, you know, like, what, what, what do we have to lose? And they give it to him, and he steps his game up tremendously. And he, to me, still to this day, he's one of the most underrated NWA heavyweight champs ever. Two-time champ. The things he did with those runs, you're like, if you don't appreciate those runs, you're really not a fucking wrestling fan. I'm sorry to say. I agree. (laughs) I agree. I mean, so many people look at uh, R-Truth as as what he is now. Yeah. It's a fucking shame it's because not, he, he, he he's is. a fucking wrestler. Yeah. He knows how to wrestle. He's he's a phenomenal wrestler and uh it's one of those many cases, many many things where it's just like this is what we're talking about with uh with yeah. WWE. It's it's uh it's a good paycheck but it, it's also a, a uh a damper on your career because it's like, oh now you, you do the, the the fucking string dance, whatever the hell that thing's called. Yeah, the floss. Floss, there you go. Yeah, you look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know? You're a joke. You're a joke when you were a legit champion many years ago now. But yeah, having Pentagon with the title reminded me of that that run of his, and I was just like, wow, they're doing something right. They're doing a lot right. Uh, speaking of doing a lot right, we are we always have wrestling on in the background, and we are currently watching the War Games episode of MLW, and it is fucking havoc in the ring, both literally and figuratively, <laughs> as Jimmy Havoc. Somebody's got a bad gash under under cheek. It's coming down pretty, come out pretty bad. Yeah, I don't, it's, it's a tag team. I'm not too familiar who, who these guys are. Yeah, he's, he's bleeding like a fucking sieve. I thought it, I thought it was inside the mouth, but then I saw a gash on the cheek. Yeah, and it looked deep. And he's still going. He is a he's in the middle of doing a suplex. He's got knee in the head. Fuck. I was shocked that they did a war games match, and they actually call it a war, war games, games match. Yeah. So I guess that's not uh, copyrighted. I guess so. That's a big boy in that ring too. 
Carmel Colossus. Man. That's, that's a big boy. Mr. Hughes. He's fucking huge. But, uh, yeah, man. This is, this is a good match. This is definitely a really good match. Um, but, yeah, Impact Wrestling has definitely stepped the game up. Such a great year for them. And one of the best matches of... Or, sorry, one of the best shows of 2018 belongs to Impact Wrestling. And I think it's... I think it's fitting that we end it as far as this portion of 2018, as far as best wrestling shows, with this particular show. But before I do that, off the top of your head, was there a show that um, disappointed you as a whole? (laughs) Uh, Just about every other fucking main roster WWE show. Uh, again, you know, earlier we mentioned, you know, how do you have a gimmick match and don't use the gimmick? Yeah. And so you have, uh, I forget what it was, but it was Strowman versus, uh, no, yeah, it was Strowman versus Reigns in a, in a cage. Yeah. And how does it end? You have fucking Lesnar come out and demolish both of them. It made no fucking sense other than Lesnar had to have his way. And it to- totally ruined any momentum that those two guys had. It's shit like that. Like, th- th- that stunk up the joint. I hated that. You know, and I don't think a lot of the WWE marks that listen to the show and talk to me online realize how much WWE I actually digest. Because I do. I, every time they have a show, I'll sit and... I might not watch it live, but yeah. I'll sit and watch it. We're always watching. And <laughs> Yeah, and, and my daughter, my daughter, ask her. She'll tell you. She'll come downstairs, and if the show's on, she's like, why are you watching that? <laughs> I don't want to watch that. It's fucking horse shit. But I watch it. I watch it in the hopes that I'll see something special. Yeah. And they continually let me down. All the time. All the time. All the fucking time. Uh, there are two shows, real quick here, that I want to bring up. Two bad shows? Two, two, they weren't terrible. I, I, I'm going off based off disappointment. Okay. And, and, and one may surprise you. The other one does, may, probably won't. Uh, the first one I'll start with is a WWE show, and that was WrestleMania. Uh, that doesn't surprise That doesn't surprise, that shouldn't surprise anybody that listens to the show up by now. Uh, it, it, I, earlier in, in, in the show I said it wasn't that bad, and it wasn't. But even even with everything that I say about WWE and how much resentment I have for the company and frustration more more than anything, I still look at a WrestleMania and, and give it hopes uh, to the point that uh, there was a convention that you and I went to that weekend. I missed it the last day so I can make sure I get everything ready for WrestleMania. Yeah, you know I still revolve my day around WrestleMania because. Growing up, this was this was the be all end all show. Yeah, and yeah. and and now in my twenties, I'm gonna be thirty next year, and I'm still being told by wrestling fans that this is the be all end all show. That this is it. You know, all that that Tokyo Dome show isn't gonna come nowhere near this. You're right, it didn't. It's way the fuck up here <laughs> compared compared to this bullshit. And and this is what I mean by it. I want to start. I'm not gonna start with the main event because I don't want to talk about the main event because the main event was bullshit. It was yet again Lesnar versus Reigns, and it was yet again Lesnar winning the match, and, and and a mediocre match where they, you want to talk about going over the top doing shit? They went over the top because none of it none of it had a good flow to it. So I'll leave it at that. You had a match where 
your 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 tag team champions literally lost to a ten year old kid. That was fucking horrible. Yeah, man. horrible. What what a, what a way to to promote your tag team division on the grandest stage of them all. Well, wouldn't it be a great idea if we had Braun Strowman team with some little kid in in, in the audience? No, it wouldn't be. <laughs> because again, the one thing that I always say about no matter what you do in life, what is the long term effect to it? Everyone looks at short term. Oh, Ronda Rousey is going to be great because she's short term. You're going to get ESPN. You're going to get Forbes. You're going to get UFC. You're going to get this and that. Blah 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 blah. Well, okay, well, what happens when she's a regular wrestler now and she's no longer bringing in UFC and Forbes and, and, yeah. and ESPN? Then what? You're stuck with a mediocre talent. That's what. Who who has definitely, you know, overcome her her welcome or, or overstood her welcome as far as that is concerned. So that this whole Strowman ver- and, and, and little kid thing, yeah, okay, you might find it funny now, but most of you don't even remember the kid's fucking name. That's how little you're going to care about it. Yeah. But you remember your Raw Tag Team Champions looking like a fucking joke. Yeah. But uh, the one match I want to talk about was one of the, to me, and we're going to talk about this, I'm going I'm to talk about this a little later too, was Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan comes back from, was it three years? Three years, yeah. Three years being gone. Should be a big deal, right? So what do you who do you give him? You give him Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. All right, you're gonna make this a tag team match. That's fine. Who do you give him as a tag team partner? <laughs> Shane fucking McMahon. <laughs> I mean, I I should be okay with this because he's the the best wrestler in the world oh, according to WWE. Don't get me started. <laughs> but you want to talk about worst worst shows of 2018? Since you asked. Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel was the worst fucking show. The super shit show in Australia. Yeah, just absolutely fucking jokes. You, like, if, 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 if I'm international, I just like, you could stay in the United States or you're going to give me that bullshit. <laughs> but, 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 but Daniel Bryan comes back, and I know there's some people out there that who, are, who listen to the show that continue to argue with me that Shane McMahon is one of the best wrestlers. Like, literally, even before Crown Jewel, one of the best wrestlers. Because he jumps off of things. <laughs> it doesn't. Be... <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even fucking kidding. That, that's that's legit. Because yeah, because he fucking jumps off Titantrons and shit like that. Like that makes him a great wrestler. No, it doesn't. Um, Daniel, there is nobody else. Nobody else you can put in this match with Daniel Bryan. Or you're gonna give him a one-on-one match. You couldn't give him one or the other. Hell, I would have taken like a fucking gauntlet match. Or something like that. At this point, anything. Not only that, but Daniel Bryan was only in the match for maybe like five, six minutes, because he spent most of it on a stretcher. I, I mean, this was this is an absolute train wreck of a match, and this was your, this was this was your moment. Let's let's have, let's have Daniel Bryan come back three years after being told he can never wrestle again, and then. And then you know you, you decide, okay, let's do it at WrestleMania. Okay, that's two great things. And then we're gonna give him this match. And it's like, well, you can X out the rest of it because none of it matters. So WWE absolutely fails, absolutely fails at that. You know, you brought back the Undertaker for the million fucking time, and what was a complete train wreck of a storyline with him and John Cena. 
two minutes and 45 seconds of a match. Two minutes and 45 seconds of a match. That does your Undertaker match. Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey as a tag team, that mixed tag team match. Uh, watching Kurt Angle wrestle is fucking brutal. It was scary at some points. I mean, oh my god. I mean, you had some great matches on there. Oscar versus Charlotte Flair was was it was a good match. The only disappointment was was Oscar lost. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold that against them per se because that's you know that's just my my hopes that Oscar would have won that match and that maybe just maybe an Asian wrestler can actually be something. And then, <laughs> then you have this match. You have AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. So this was a match that we've seen before. You and I have seen before at a Wrestle Kingdom. Great match. How are they going to hold up and, 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 and do it again? They don't. They and, absolutely don't. And they go almost 21 minutes. They go almost 21 minutes. And the only highlight of this is that Shinsuke Nakamura turned heel in a heel turn that is completely irrelevant and probably one of the worst turns we've seen all year. So that's your WrestleMania card. That that was what I got hyped about. <laughs> and and then the the other match that you might be or other card that you might be surprised about, what well, actually took place the day before, and that was not the NXT show but Ring of Honor, the Supercard of Honor, to me. Was was such a hype show that was very underwhelming, and I'll start with the one that everyone was talking about at that time. Okay, and that was Cody versus Kenny Omega, Team Cody versus Team Kenny, Battle of the Bullet Club. This is this is during the, the whole uh, who's going to be the leader of the Bullet Club scenario, and those two go at it for damn near for almost forty minutes, but I have to say, I felt like they held back the entire time. Yeah, it it definitely had. It was like a dark cloud looming over the match, man. Like it just something something was off, and and it's weird. It's weird saying that they went almost forty minutes. Yeah, because the entire time you're watching the match and you're just like, maybe maybe all the confusion. You're like, why, like, why are they holding back? Why are right. they holding back? You get lost. You get not in a good way either. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was a slow pace. It was at times boring. Yeah, and I, it's not something you you say about a Cody and Kenny Omega match. Absolutely, and, yeah. And, and here it is. They they do it on a big stage. You do it going head to head with with NXT during WrestleMania weekend, big weekend in professional wrestling. And then you give me this. <laughs> And it just it just felt very very underwhelming and and very disappointing, uh, you know not not even including the finish. The finish didn't you know I mean yeah it sucked. I I was going for for Kenny, but that that's not even the issue for me. The issue is, is just flat out. I felt that we didn't even come close to getting our money's worth in this match, and I would be pretty disappointed had I actually paid money to <laughs> to go see it live because it was just it was just pretty mediocre. It was mediocre. I think uh, I think the 16 minutes that Silas Young and Kenny King had should have been more. I think I think they. I well, that think, was another match that I felt was. I, I think been they, better. Yeah, it could have been better, but I think given more time, they could have did more stuff, and it would have been better than Cody and Kenny. Uh, I was I was never I was never a big fan of the Dalton Castle Marty Scurll fan. And I, Dalton was working hurt too, which yeah, didn't make it did, didn't didn't make it any better. Uh, I, and, I, and I try to be 
I try to be unbiased because I'm not a Dalton Castle fan. I don't see anything special with this guy. Um, and, I, and I try I try to give him the benefit of the doubt because I know he's he's over with the crowd. And I know he it's, it's not like he doesn't give a shit. Like he's definitely out there working. I just don't see it personally. That's my personal opinion. I just wasn't I wasn't into that this this match at all. And maybe that one that one's not fair because again, it is just me. Um Lethal and, and, and Tanahashi versus the Briscoes was a, was a good match. Uh, the problem with that, sometimes when you have these, these interpromotional matches for titles, it, you get taken away because there's like a less than 1% chance that the challengers <laughs> are taking the title. Right, right. So it just feels like a, like a house show match. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's going to be bad. It's just the, 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 uh, the excitement of who's going to win the titles. Is, is gone because mm-hmm. because of that and you know o- overall it wasn't bad I mean you, we did get uh, you know Bushi versus Page I, I did like that match I like the Sakai versus Klein match very happy that Sumi Sakai won the the uh, Women of Honor championship actually surprised he's still champion <laughs> uh, to this day and uh, and yeah there's there's other good matches on there but overall this was Ring of Honor's opportunity to uh, during the biggest wrestling weekend of the year to really showcase themselves better. And I felt that they just didn't give it the raw. Or at least the, the talent didn't. And uh, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was for me. I didn't hate the show. I did rewatch it for a second time to see maybe I missed something. And both times I just I just felt that it was just okay. I've seen better Ring of Honor shows. Uh to say the least, and it was just very underwhelming. It was, and you're right. They they fumbled the ball. They fumbled the ball on that one. They had every opportunity with with the roster that they had to to take it to NXT, and NXT blew them out of the water. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we're gonna wrap up this segment here, and we're going to talk about one last thing. This is a good one, though. How bad PCO is? How bad PCO is? <laughs> Don't tell him that, because he wouldn't understand you. He wouldn't understand. We got to talk about one of the shows that definitely represented the golden age of professional wrestling that we talked about in the beginning of the show. Independent wrestling. Mm-hmm. Independent wrestling for the longest time got looked at, and it's, it's, to this day is is talk is talked about as oh it's low budget. It's mediocre wrestling. It's minor league. And then there was a show that took place that said independent wrestling is not only above all that, but it is better than any other promotion out there. Because there was a show that was independent, as independent as independent gets. And you know what I'm talking about. I do. And it was a little show that was called All In that took place on September 1st in Chicago or Hoffman Estates. Hoffman Estates. We'll call it Chicago. Yeah. And it was it was put together by, by three gentlemen named Cody, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson. Uh, what was some other financial backing, but for the most part it was them. And they did this 10,000 venue, or 10,000 seat of a venue. Arena. I said venue. <laughs> Arena. And uh, they sold out in 30 minutes. 
Sold out in 30 minutes. Uh, final attendance ended up being a little over 11,000 yeah, people. Yeah, 11,000 people. And, uh, again, this was this was not promotion. This was not, not a promotion to put this together. It was independent wrestling, one, one night only as far as this particular show goes. And it was independent wrestling. Take away the independent. It was, as I said earlier with the adjectives, it was wrestling personified. And I don't. I'm not saying this because you and I were there live. Okay. Because that was that's a plus. <laughs> that is definitely a plus to, to have been there live and watched this. But the card that they put together, and then much like the Evolution pay per view, everybody on that card saw it for what it was, and they put on the best matches that they could possibly put on. And you had, from beginning to end, one of the best wrestling cards that I've seen throughout the entire year. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I miss Joey Janela. Joey Janela, if you're listening, we miss you, man. Please yeah. get better. Heal up, man. Heal up. Heal up. Get better quicker. We love you. Come back. Um, his match with Hangman Page, it fucking floored me. And, and it gets lost in the shuffle. It does, but oh my god, it was such a great fucking match. And I had I could not hold my urine. Yeah, I had to leave. You got yelled at. I got yelled at. <laughs> and I gotta say, because you guys were still at, at the seats when I was out there, I you know I go to use the bathroom and I go to grab uh, some concessions for my daughter and myself. And I wish you could see the hallways. Of everybody just glued to the fucking monitor. Like, there was people, like, the cashiers at the concessions, they're, like, getting frustrated with people because they're not moving fast enough, but we're (laughs) trying to watch what's going on. Yeah. It was that good. And I think think that's, uh, that kind of sums up the night in its entirety. Like, you just, you couldn't turn away. Yeah. It was one thing after another. You know, uh... The third match of the night was Matt Cross versus MJF. And I wasn't very familiar with MJF before this. Sure. But Matt Cross, I knew as Son of Havoc on Lucha Underground. And I knew what he could do. And you put those two guys in there, I don't know what kind of prior (laughs) knowledge they have with one another. But that was a hell of a fucking match. And after that... Not that not that we weren't uh, entertained before because there was a battle royal right before that and then a, a tag team match to start off the night. Mm-hmm. It was just like, fuck. That, that, like, that was one of the first things I thought. I was like, you know what? It's going to be one of those shows where I'm going to have to take a piss sooner or later and I don't want to get up. Yeah. Like, I need, like, one of the fucking, what are they called, hunter's caddies? Yeah. Just attach it to my my wiener and just <laughs> piss at the, at the seat. But, damn, what a crazy fucking great card. And for us in Chicago to have it was, yeah. oh, my God. It was like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Such a such an honor that they picked Chicago as, as, the, as the first. I still can't, like, I still can't believe that, one, we were there, two, that it happened. And three, that it was fucking great. Yeah. I mean, again, like, Stephen Amell, not a wrestler. He play, he plays Green Arrow. I was so surprised. Like, and, and we were laughing at him because he kept getting gassed. He was he was definitely not, not in, not you know? in ring shape. But, but 
they made the match work. They made it work. He, you know, he fought. Obviously, Christopher Daniels took took control of that match. Yeah, and that was the right guy. I said that during our All In review. That was the right guy to put in that match because of the fact that uh, Christopher Daniels is such a great ring general, and then uh, Stephen Amell, to his credit, he followed direction. He did. he did exactly what he was supposed to do. <laughs> was it a phenomenal match? No, but it was entertaining, and it, it it was it was good to 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 finally see a celebrity match that actually didn't suck. Yeah. So, the the women had a great match: Tessa Blanchard, to, uh, Chelsea Green, Britt, Britt Baker, and Madison Rain put on a really good match. Uh, the the Cody and Nick Aldis match again. I'll never forget that look in Cody's eyes. As he as he came down there, and I just I remember going to you. And I'm like something special is about to happen tonight. Yep. And him winning that NWA World Heavyweight Championship was was absolutely uh, just a, a great thing to watch and see live. Uh, the the Jay Lethal Flip Gordon match oh, was, man. was such an entertaining match. <laughs> uh, and then you know uh, the only match of the night that you and I had a problem with. It was the Okada Skrull match because the pace was off. Pacing was off. For Pacing sure. was definitely off, and it went way too long. It did. It, it had too many, too many false finishes. Because it, you know, and and it, and it kept the the main event from ha- from being longer. It did. But they, you know, they to, went over. To their credit, those those dudes they did the exact same thing they were supposed to do in a twenty minute match. And they did it in twelve. Yeah. So <laughs> it was it was really hard to keep up with that match. Which might sound like a bad thing, but they made it work. And now we're talking about uh, Bandito, Ray Phoenix, and Rey Mysterio versus uh, the the Golden Elite and Bushi and the, and the Bucks. And then you and I got to see, as well as everybody in attendance, got to see for the first time ever, one on one, Kenny Omega versus Pentagon Junior. in uh, or or Penta Cero, in a in a match that was just. Oh my god, it was just fucking crazy. It was nuts. I wish it would have gone longer. I wish it would have gone longer and uh I I was it was interesting to me to see how this was gonna play out. Because yeah. here you have the best bot machine and then you have Penta who is just like literally no fear. He doesn't give a shit. And and to call him hardcore, it's it's a label that's like it just doesn't fit him yeah. because he's so much more than that. And for him to come in and not only hang with Kenny Omega, but beat the piss out of him, it, it was it was nuts. It was just so fucking nuts to watch. And and I get it, you know, because of of the way things went down with Chris Jericho. You know, Penta lost, but holy shit, I I I wish they would have uh, fought forever. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. one of those matches, and we were the first ones to see it, ever. It gets lost in translation with some people, but you and I, it'll be something that we hold on to forever. I mean, it was just one of those those shows that, it's it's hard to believe. There's times where I go back in my phone, and, I, you know, because I'm the type of guy that lives in the moment. I don't take a lot of pictures at, at shows, but I had to make sure I got a few, few pics, because it's like, not that I ever forget, but it's just... I have to remind myself that I was there. And and again, I know, yet again, I'm going to sound like a a, a nerd here. And whatever, I'm a wrestling nerd, that's fine. But that is such a big deal because that is, again, the reason why I picked these shows because they represented something. And with with All In, it represented what 
the little guys, the minor leaguers, the guys that nobody believes in, what they can do, you know, and, and it, no matter what it is, whether it's professional wrestling or anything else, you put the fucking work in, you be, you shouldn't be surprised what you can achieve. <laughs> because if you put it in, you'll get it back. And I'm a firm believer of that. And things like All In and professional wrestling show that. Yeah, I understand Cody and the Bucks have a name for themselves, but they built those names on their own. And then they put this show together on their own. And I look forward to even though I'm a little upset how they left the Bullet Club hanging the way they did, <laughs> I'm still a fan of the Elite, of course. And I look forward to what they're going to build uh, for 2019. And uh, All In was was exactly that. It was it was everybody was All In. the The show was as from beginning to end was just an amazing night. Uh, whether I was there live or not, this would definitely be in our in our top. Oh yeah, to you know, must see show of the year. And uh, and yeah, that's that's our top our top shows of twenty eighteen. So this is part one of a of a two part episode. As we remember what was twenty eighteen, and uh, next week we got we got a lot of things headed for you. Next week we're gonna talk best wrestler, both male and female tag teams, all those types of things. We're gonna talk about our, our favorite. Uh, we're going to finish up our favorite matches. We're going to talk about things that we didn't like. And, of course, we're going to predict some things uh, of what, what we feel 2019 is going to be. I'm predicting I will watch a hell of a lot less PCO live. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> no PCO for you, huh? No. Good God, no. He's uh, he's like if your dad... If your dad was like uh, like like hanging out with the rest of you guys, like your friends, like yeah, he's, he's like, that guy. yes, yeah, yes, he's like, dad, just go, go, yeah, go, no, dad, no, like, can you can you leave us alone? Like, what are you hip kids doing today? Yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing now. So. <laughs> uh, we want to hear. What you have to say about your favorite show or your least favorite show of the year. And you can do that through social media. Come check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash 20x20crew is our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk is our wrestling group where you can come hang out and say hey and, and shoot the shit with us and talk talk shop. Um... You can always hate tweet us on Twitter at 20x20crew. Uh, we're on Instagram at 20x20crew. Uh, we have our own YouTube channel. You can access that through uh, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash YouTube where you will find the following contest where we fantasy book our favorite PCO matches and wrestlers. Not PCO matches. PCO will probably never be in anything we fantasy book unless it's a card where everyone dies and doesn't come back, which should also include Jeff Jarrett, by the way. I was going to say, what about Brock Lesnar? That's harsh. I think that's like the best three-way match ever. You just PCO versus Jeff Jarrett versus Brock Lesnar, and the participants all lose, and they have to leave town. So the moment the bell rings, you already fucking lost. You're done. Leave. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's good booking right there, folks. Uh, <laughs> um, you can always email us, uh, 20x20crew at gmail.com for the time being. And 
I I think that's about it. Oh, well, and of course our our home on the web, 20x20crew.com. You can always find anything and everything there, including past episodes. Um, and, uh, yeah, including our cheesy commercials. Gotta love those. Yeah, you gotta love those. We should get some new ones soon. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely <laughs> be recording soon. It's been fun. It's been fun. It's been a fun year. I can't wait to talk about it again with you guys next week. Absolutely. Until then, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. And we will see, see you, you in the, the ring. ring. Without PCO. Ha, ha, ha.